Hey guys, you know the Bible has many verses that encourage us to take care of those in need. James chapter 1 tells us to take care of orphans and widows. Proverbs 11 says that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. This is an innate truth, ladies and gentlemen. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Galatians 6.2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I could go on and on with scriptures that talk about sowing seeds and deeds, sowing your finances and your talents. And although it's ultimately up to you, you're not alone. We must stand together in unity for those who can't stand for themselves. Today's show is titled, United We Stand. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? You're tuned in to the Frontal Lobe Podcast, your source for discussion and thought-provoking insights into the issues that matter. I'm your host, Mac Finner. Join me as I explore new ways to navigate the challenges of modern life by shifting perspectives for a better tomorrow. And I find myself asking why. What's up, guys? I'm so glad you've joined me here again on Frontal Lobe. I've got one more scripture to share with you. Hebrews 10 says to spur one another on toward love and good deeds and encouraging one another and all the more as you see that day approaching. And the word day there is capitalized. I like that. Now, if you're a Christian, you know that that day is approaching fast. Even non-Christians are feeling it in their spirit. More and more people are giving their lives to Christ as each day passes. It's truly an exciting time to be in the kingdom of God. And as people come aboard, it's our duty to lead by example. We must submit to the will of the Father and live like Jesus did. Love like Jesus. Give like Jesus. And where does it start? It starts in your home, in your neighborhood, in your city. We must sow into our communities. Sometimes there are organizations and nonprofits which make that task extremely easy. And that's why I'm so excited to have with me today the CEO of United Way of Mid and South Jefferson County, Janie Johnson. Janie, welcome to Frontal Lobe. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm excited to be here today. <laughs> Thank you for being here. It's great to speak with you again, and it's an honor to have you on my show. Would you mind just introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, uh, how you got to where you are, and most importantly, introduce United Way to the listeners. What does United Way do exactly? I would love to. Uh, so my name's Janie Johnson, I'm born and raised right here in Southeast Texas, and I have been working in nonprofits for 30 years this year. Uh, so I started out as a volunteer and quickly became a staff member at the Women and Children's Shelter of Southeast Texas 30 years ago. Uh, since that time, I spent uh, a little bit of time with two other organizations, the Girl Scouts, as well as the Orange County Red Cross before I found my way to the United Way. Uh, each one of those programs is actually a United Way program. So I've had United Way in my life throughout my career. Uh, as I worked for programs that relied on funding from United Way, but also in my life as a child growing up, 
listening to my parents talk about their United Way designation. So it feels like a natural fit, like I'm just home right. after a little bit of a tour of duty, so to speak, out in the nonprofit sector. United Way is a different organization. And uh, many of those organizations that you think of when you first think of nonprofits have a singular cause or a singular focus. And that's a wonderful thing. And that keeps them focused on their mission. United Way's mission and foundation is different in that the community is that focus. It's that foundation. Uh, it started over 100 years ago when a group of people got together that were all doing different things in the community. And they decided to pull their resources together to make a greater impact. And that's what started the United Way and continues to be the cornerstone of each United Way. There's United Ways across the nation and around the world. I believe it's 32 or 37 countries that now have United Ways. Wow. That's <laughs> a lot. And there's just over a thousand uh, United Ways throughout the nation. Uh, with that, each United Way is their own individual organization, and we pay membership dues, kind of like a chamber of commerce is what I link it to most closely. Uh, we pay membership dues and we, we receive some benefits and services for those dues. But individually, we're all focused on taking care of our community, looking at the needs in our community and mobilizing to address them both locally and then for those that want to get involved in more of a worldwide or nationwide project. There's also projects that we can help get them introduced to and opportunities. Nice. Well, I'd like to go straight to your website, if you don't mind, because it, it talks a lot about the history and uh, some of the things that you're uh, referring to here. That's unitedwaymsjc.org. Uh, the website shows your slogan right off the bat. If you don't mind, I'd like to read that. It says, be the difference, create hope, give compassion, live united. I love that. That's fantastic. Let me read that again for my listeners. Be the difference. Create hope. Give compassion. Live united. It gets right to the heart of how Jesus wants us to live. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read a little bit from your website in the history section. Uh, it says that United Way was started in 1887 by a priest, two ministers, and a rabbi from Denver, Colorado, who, as Christians, of course, they had the welfare of others on their heart. I'm just going to uh, read it verbatim right here. It says that they created the organization to serve as an agent to collect funds for local charities, as well as to coordinate relief services, counsel and refer clients to cooperating agencies and make emergency assistance grants in cases which could not be referred. It goes on to say that that year, Denver raised $21,700. Now, you got to keep in mind in 1887, that's a lot of money. $21,700 and created a movement that would spread throughout the country to become the United Way. And over 130 years later, United Way is still focused on mobilizing the caring power of communities and making a difference in people's lives. And then it goes on to say that the United Way of Mid and South Jefferson County was founded in 1926 to improve the lives of others by, again, mobilizing the caring power of communities. I love that. United Way's goal is to create long-lasting changes by addressing the underlying causes of these problems, which is vital. Living United means being a part of the change. Yes, 
It takes everyone in the community working together to create a brighter future. Then your site goes on to talk about your funded programs. And again, I'd like to just read this part from the site. It says the United Way of Mid and South Jefferson County partners with 23 local organizations and more than 40 programs. Together, United, we fight poverty, invest in education, and work to improve the health of our community. This is possible because of contributions from donors like you. United Way funded programs are carefully chosen for their ability to demonstrate proven accountability and the best match for the community's needs. That is wonderful. Then it says, They are held accountable and must show measurable return on the investments entrusted to them. Janie, I'm so excited about what you're doing. Frankly, I've been sucking up all of the air in the room. I'd like to give you the floor. Can you tell us about these organizations and the funded programs that you work with? I definitely can. And they are something to be excited about. These are the organizations that carry our community uh, through our darkest hours, but also as individuals when something happens, uh, whether it's an unexpected loss of a job, an accident or illness, these are the organizations that respond or sometimes it's because of health issues. It's humbling whenever we get the opportunity to visit with the organizations and hear the stories that come from them. And I believe I, uh, I believe it was you that I had shared just maybe a month ago or so at one of our presentations one just one example uh, mills on wheels is an amazing organization and people have a tendency to think that it's about a warm meal and it's so much more than that that program is the lifeline for many of those seniors that are shut-ins or unable to get out as much as they used to families are busy we all get busy and right. we all know that there's a lot left at the end of the day that we hoped we would get to that we didn't and sometimes that's checking on people that mean so much to us and just twice in the last couple of months, we've heard stories from two different Mills on Wells programs where one of their seniors was left laying on the floor injured, waiting for help. Mm. And it was because of that meal that everybody thinks that's what the program's about, that they were able to find help. One gentleman had had a stroke and had fallen and his delivery person showed up and knocked on the door. Nobody answered. They called the office and they called the gentleman's house and nobody answered. Called next to Ken. Well, it's been a couple of days since we checked in. Called for a health and welfare check from the police department. And they found that he had had a stroke and was laying there waiting for help. Wow. Similar story. Another one had fallen and hurt themselves severely and couldn't get up. That was on a Friday. Uh, they waited all weekend knowing that they would have help on Monday because that's when their milk wow. was on wheels delivery person would be there. And that's what they said when, when they got there, they couldn't get a hold of the person. They went through the steps. They were able to get that health and welfare check started and they opened the door and he said, I knew the Calvary was coming on Monday. He had been laying there since Friday. It's stories wow. like that. Um, I have a cousin that has a young son that's about the age of my son which I guess isn't that young anymore. They're about 19. They're growing up quick. He has all, he's on the autism spectrum. The first few times that we met him, he really didn't interact very much with us, kept, kept his distance. He got involved in ASP, which is Adaptive Sports for Kids. And uh, Adaptive Sports 
that means all sports. They do football, they do baseball, they do taekwondo, beauty pageants. It's it's everything. He got involved in that, that socialization with other kids like him and seeing that acceptance and inclusion for all children and being able to have that support from a community that knows them. The last time I saw him, he just about sat in my lap. <laughs> Completely different child. It's those changes that we're helping to make happen with the support of the community. That's what it means to mobilize the community. Nice. And there's stories like that every day. So nice. it, it was 23. We actually just added an additional organization. So we're up to 24 organizations and 40 programs in our community. Many of those programs would not be here without the support that they get from United Way. Uh, having worked in the on that end of the direct service side of programs, I cannot tell you how important it is to have that support from United Way. It's not just financial support. We offer training opportunities. We'll go out and help them with board retreats. We'll help them with developing their strategic plans. It's so much more than just just a mill or just a check for those organizations. And it touches every walk of life. From birth until we sunset, there's a United Way program. And oftentimes we don't even know that we're receiving help from a United Way program because it's not about someone with their handout that's continuing a cycle of poverty. It's about people like me and you that for one reason or another, maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's needing hospice uh, as our parents and grandparents age. Maybe it's a struggle that our child's having. Nothing we ever expected but it's something that we've made sure was there whenever we needed that help at hand. And that's through the United Way. That's fantastic. I love it. <clears throat> you know, it reminds me, uh, as you were speaking, uh, when Jesus said, what you have done for the least of these, you've done for me. You fed me, you clothed me, you came and visited me in prison, etc." And they were like, when, when did we do that? Well, when you went and visited so-and-so, you visited me, you know. Uh, looking through one of your flyers here, I see, you know, you were talking about Meals on Wheels. It says almost a half a million meals were served to the hungry last year. That is an amazing number. 302,396 pounds of bulk food distributed. So many people, we don't realize that so many people are going hungry right here in our own communities. You know, this food didn't go to Chicago or California. This is right here in Southeast Texas. And then I note here, 656 children last year placed into a safe home. Tell me about that. What What are these other funded programs you have besides Meals on Wheels? Sadly, uh, we have a large percent of our community or a large population within our community that has to seek shelter at the women and children's shelter. Uh, many of those kids are coming from homes where they've never known a peaceful night or the ability to sleep through the night. Mm. And that is definitely something. And again, that's where I started my nonprofit uh, career was through the women and children's shelter. And having grown up in Southeast Texas, I never understood that sad and that frightful place was here in our community, like every community. I was a little sheltered, I guess. But uh, that said, those children need a place and their moms need a place so that they can get some rest and get a plan, a safety plan, and be able to move forward. There's also children beyond the women and children's 
shelter that are part of our program through their time uh, with the CASA advocate, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates for Children. And that is a program that helps so many children and so many families. Uh, they are truly the voice for that child in court, but they also make sure that that child has the, what it needs as it's temporarily being relocated in some cases, in many cases, sadly. And then we also have our communities and schools. Uh, communities and schools is a program that brings the community resources and support into the schools to help children and their families to be able to move forward. You know, they, they have a hard job because they are looking for solutions and some of those they have to get re real creative with. One of our communities and schools uh, counselors shared that part of their job is finding out which children might not have working utilities in their homes. They might not have water or they might not have electricity, but coming to school, as we all know, going to school is a lot about thickening your skin because everything's going to be pointed out. And they make sure that those kids have the opportunity in some cases to come in a little early, go straight to the gym where they will have a change of clothes, clean clothes sitting out for them. Those children will take a shower they will change into those clothes. The CIS worker will then take the clothes that they came to school in and get them clean during the day and have them back out at the end of the day so that they can change again. And they'll make sure that they have food, both breakfast and lunch that day. So making sure that some of those basic needs are met. Another struggle that they shared just last week is the increase in homeless juniors and seniors and having to work with them to find out and to get them connected with resources as they are getting ready to leave public school. And I learned they were explaining one of the main goals for those kids that are homeless is making sure they get documented as homeless and during their senior year so that as they complete their senior year, they're able to register for college and get a dorm room so that they will have a safe place to stay while they continue their education and make sure that they have a future as bright as what we hope they will. So you're helping kids transition from basically a dead-end road, no home, no future, into endless possibilities, a life. In some cases, in some cases it is, it is that. Other cases, we're able to work with the family, especially with those younger ones, to get them started on the right path. That is one of the reasons why we expanded our services beyond just grants. Uh, this is not the United Way that my parents knew or that my grandparents knew. Uh, we have some direct services now. So we have workforce readiness programs, and we're hoping to expand those within the next year beyond what they are now uh, to help families be able to get from that under or unemployed. And right now we have so many that are underemployed. They're working two or three jobs and still not quite making ends meet. Right. Um, but getting them past that so that they have household stability and they can take some of those pressures and that stress off of their lives and kind of enjoy what they've worked so hard to achieve. Yes, and, and also uh, I see where it says 19,042 people last year uh, received therapy and counseling sessions. And, I, I, you know, you mentioned the economy, how it's rough right now. Well, also there's a, an epidemic of mental illness in our country as well. People are, they need help. And, and it's such a privilege 
to be a part of, to sow into our community locally, to help people overcome this uh, mental illness and get back on their feet and get their minds right. And uh, sometimes it's just uh, emotional, being overwhelmed, but sometimes it's also, you mentioned autism. I have a, a daughter who is on the spectrum as well. Uh, she's 24, about to be 25, and uh, she needs counseling and uh, uh, she needs help in every way, you know, all the time she needs help. Uh, but I, I went to visit a place in Beaumont, I can't remember the name of it, where you had some special kids there that uh, you guys had a facility set up teaching them and uh, helping them in every way. Can you, what's the name of that place? Oh, I'm trying to think of which one it would. Now, one of ours is focused more on the younger uh, children, and that would be Shorty Center. Yes, yes. Fantastic to see. I also got to see the boys' home over in Beaumont and uh, the uh, battered women's shelter in, in Port Arthur. Just amazing, amazing, amazing what you're doing here. And I, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to sow into it and be a part of this. I'd like to ask you a few more questions, if you don't mind. Please. Uh, number one, how does the United Way distribute funds? That is a hard job for some amazing volunteers. Every year we collect applications and it actually begins in December. So it's right around the corner uh, where those that are not uh, currently funded by United Way or current partners can apply through a letter of intent. And then after that, and we verify if that they meet the basic requirements. There are 501c3 that they have their governance and everything's lining out. Then they get invited to apply. And that application comes out into December 1st of January. And once those applications come in, the volunteers get busy and they spend so much time making sure that they truly understand the mission and the vision of each organization and the program. Uh, because so many programs and organizations or so many organizations have multiple programs, they have to apply for each program individually. Uh, that way we can make sure that we're supporting programs that match our focus areas and our mission. And those volunteers look at the outcome measurements and um, making sure that it's not just a warm fuzzy or a good idea, but it's actually providing a service that's needed in our community. Right. And that they are measuring those outcomes, their success. And then they'll also look at how that works. Uh, they check and make sure that they have good governance, that they have good financial controls. They look over not just the program and the description, but they also go and they will visit programs. They'll have the, the leadership come in for an interview. And then they also look over their IRS 990s. They look over their audits. And we do require a local annual audit. The reason for that is you can learn a lot about an organization's health through their audit in their 990s. And they go through those with a fine tooth comb, making sure everything is good. It's in a healthy state because when we award a grant, we've made a promise to our donors that it's being invested in a solid program that's going to be here, not just this week, but in the future to come to continue to make those positive impacts in our community. And we can't do that if we don't truly vet an organization. So the volunteers do the vetting. And they take about a month or a little over a month to do that. And then they do a proposed funding um, 
to our board that has to adopt it. Well, that sounds very thorough, and it sounds like there's a lot of wisdom and prudence involved in that as well. Uh, You touched on how an organization applies. Let me ask you this. Can people designate their gift directly to a specific agency? They can. Uh, So, and it's a little different. Again, every United Way is a standalone nonprofit. So some might have different uh, policies on it, but our policy is that as long as they have a relationship with the United Way, we'll honor that designation. And the reason is because, again, we want to make sure that they've been vetted, that we know it's a good investment. And another reason is, I guess it's been maybe six years since we adopted that policy now. And we were spending a lot of time tracking down smaller organizations that didn't have somebody that was actually in place taking care of business. They had a great idea and a warm fuzzy, and they had touched the heartstrings of someone, but they didn't have that good governance. And so we would spend a lot of time trying to track these people down. And that took away from the time that we were able to focus on our programs. We're a small staff. We're three, three full-time, and we just added two part-time recently. So with those limited numbers, it was eating up the time that we had to focus on our programs. I imagine. And then that combined with wanting to make sure that we could say, yes, we vetted everywhere that the money's going. We decided to make that adjustment. That is fantastic. Now, look, I've got a very important question for me. I'm so excited to be a part of this, but I've got to know, does United Way support Planned Parenthood? We do not. Uh, That is a question that comes up Uh, typically this time of year when we're out doing lots of presentations. Our United Way doesn't, never has. Uh, There are 58 United Ways that have. Uh, They're typically on the Northeast and on the West Coast. Understandably. Looking at those, (laughs) looking at those because we did a lot of research, again, so that we can make sure that we were giving out correct information. Of the 58 that have at some point in their past, sent funds to those 50 of them were through designations, honoring their donor designations. Uh, okay. The other eight were educational based uh-huh. and it could only be used for education. Uh, but our United Way has not ever supported. I'm so glad to hear that. You don't know how much of a relief that is for me. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> how much of the money raised by United Way is used for administrative purposes versus funded programs. Okay. I'm going to give you the stats for administrative and fundraising because those typically go together. And we're unlike the rest of the nation in this area. The national average is 18 to 26%. Uh, Our United Way is 6% administrative and fundraising. And of that, uh, whenever you get through workplace giving, or whenever we go out and you get that ability to check off and have it come out directly out of your paycheck to support the United Way, 100% goes to the program. We're using corporate donations and gifts to cover that 6%. And that's one reason why we fight to keep it that low. That is amazing. And that's how, that's how I contribute is directly, you know, comes out of my check. So that's extremely exciting. 100% of the money I'm giving goes to these funded programs. That's awesome. (laughs) And we're only able to do that because we have such great relations with different companies in the area that support United Way. Right. And that allows us to do that. That's fantastic. 
And of course, Valero is a big part of that here in Southeast Texas. They are, they are our largest uh, can- workplace campaign and contributor. And not just for finances, there's also the sweat equity. They do day of caring. They do different events. The fishing tournament has become a huge event. Right. And that is Valero's Real United. Uh, they truly capture what I think so many of us strive to create in our workplace. And that's a culture of compassion and caring and giving. Yes. And that also helps to build teams. So it, it's definitely a, a bonus all the way around because when you're out there and you're working and side by side to make a good impact in our community, a positive impact in our community, you can't help but improve your own teamwork as well. Uh, right. So we're always excited to get out there and to work with Valero and all of the other companies in the area and could not do it without that support. But it starts with the employees. Uh, if, the employee, if the employees are not on board, the company won't be on board. So we cannot give a shout out large enough for all of the employees at our local companies that support United Way. Indeed. Well said. I appreciate you very much. I've got one last question. How can people get involved? Oh, just about any way you want. We'll take as much or as little time as you want to get. <laughs> we have so many different programs and opportunities, definitely by visiting our website or our Facebook website is unitedwaymsjc.org and then you can just search United Way MSJC on Facebook as well as Instagram and you can find us there. We literally have a position for any time length. We have some volunteers that come in once a year for our story time with United Way and they read their favorite childhood book and then that goes out through our literacy initiatives and helps parents and teachers that need a couple minutes and they can pull up a book instead of a video or YouTube. Uh, Well, actually that is on YouTube, but it's a good (laughs) YouTube channel. (laughs) We also have volunteers that come out and they help us to stock our book vending machines that we brought into the area last year. Hmm. And those are wonderful incentives for kids in the school districts to be able to be rewarded for good behavior, reaching goals with a book because literacy is something that we carry throughout our lives. Uh, We have the community garden that's in a food desert, and there's always something to do in a garden. And if you were ever around a garden growing up, you know there's always something to do at a garden. And then we have more detailed and more involved projects as well. So we always have something. If we don't, for some reason, if everything's been checked off our list, we have 24 organizations that we work with that always have needs as well. Uh, So just decide you want to get involved and give us a call or check us out on the web. And of course, if you don't feel like you have time for that, you can get involved by donating. Yes. And you can also do that on the web as well. Truly, for whatever your interests are, United Way has a way for you to get involved and mobilized within the community and to be a part of the team that's making a stronger community for tomorrow. Absolutely. Praise God for that. Thank you so much. And you mentioned uh, uh, your website. You mentioned YouTube. You mentioned Facebook. Are there any others that we're missing? Instagram, but we're not as active on Instagram as Facebook. Facebook has truly become our modern day newspapers in many right? ways. <laughs> yes. And that that's uh, very common. So 
Janie, thank you again for coming on my show. It's been a real privilege and a real honor. I'm so excited to be a part of what you're doing. I hope that you might come see me again. I would love to. Thank you for the chance to visit and to share what we're doing and how we're working together through your your workplace campaign as well. We're glad to have you as a part of our team. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a fantastic interview. And I, for one, am appreciative of the opportunity to sow into my community. Have an amazing week ahead. You too. Thank you. Thank you. To my listeners, I know that most of you are Christians, and I know that sowing into God's kingdom is important to you. United Way provides a unique opportunity for your generous seed to grow exponentially. They do all of the heavy lifting. Rest assured that your donations are helping the very people you were called to help. Again, living, loving, and giving like Jesus starts in your home. It starts in your neighborhood, in your communities. Today's show has been specifically about the branch local to me, but for those who are listening outside of Southeast Texas, please take advantage of this opportunity and contact your local United Way today. I'd like to close out with a short prayer today. Heavenly Father, I lift up those who are in less than fortunate situations, and I pray that you would touch the hearts of your children, as you always have, to reach out and be a helping hand to those you called the least of these. Also, draw every listener of mine closer to you, Father. Give them peace, joy, insight, foresight, wisdom, and discernment. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, until next time, I love you guys. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard today, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcasts. Drop a comment to let me know that you're listening and feel free to share. If you'd like to support the continued production of Frontal Lobe, please make donations through Spotify or on Patreon. Reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated. I'm truly honored and humbled to see feedback letting me know that this show is having a positive impact on my listeners. Stay in touch and subscribe now to stay up to date with my latest episode at FrontalLobePodcast.com. Until next time, remember that armed with an open mind and some divine wisdom, we can face the daily grind together with confidence and dare to reimagine life. Time